Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast. As always, I'm Joey, and I'm joined by a whole mess of people today. We have Miles. Hey, everybody. That's normal. Uh, we have Ryan back again. Hey, everybody. We have Mitchell back again. Hey, everybody. And supposedly we have Steve. Hey. Yeah, God damn it, Steve. It's <laughs> about how I expected that to go. And I knew right. we wouldn't go with We're, the bit. Uh, no. The, what bit? What, yeah, what bit? Sorry. Oh, yeah. What he's, bit? Only, he's only eight bits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which was part of my love of the Rick and Morty season premiere with Nintendo 69. Oh, that was great. It was so good. Amazing bit. Um, amazing. Uh, but enough about a show that we don't review even though we all love, which is a separate issue that I should take up with you guys off air. <laughs> In any event, um, we're going to talk about the, uh, I suppose, concluded Tribeca Film Festival because who, who's to say? I think it ended, when, but nobody told us. When did us. it start? Maybe it goes on forever. I don't know either. <laughs> When did it end? When did it begin? Did the Soderbergh movie ever screen? These are questions we don't know the answer to. Um, but we're going to talk about some of the things that um, I have seen. Uh, Mitch has seen some stuff. Uh, Miles has even seen one of the movies we're going to talk about. Jeez. Oh, yeah. wow. A whole movie. <clears throat> I feel like Steve and me might as well just not even be here at this point. Hmm. I mean, that's wishful thinking for Steve. He doesn't want to be here. But hey, <laughs> don't reveal my secrets. This is true. <laughs> But first, we're going to talk about something that everyone has seen, which is uh, Luca. We talked a little bit about it last week, but I uh, am happy to let everyone go around the room and uh, give their thoughts on Luca, which I'm pretty sure we all like to love. Hiddleston is great. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> Wilson, he's a, what a great no, duo. Steve, Steve, we're talking about Luca, not Loki. Oh, yeah, no, yes. I love it. Disney Steve, Plus. That's the... what? Also, that's... you can tell that um, Steve hasn't seen this week's episode because he doesn't know that Owen Wilson's not in it. Oh! Yeah. Steve, right. you're one segment off. Oh, shit. All right, I'm going to uh, go take another nap. I'll be back. All right, Luca, who wants to go first? Ryan, you can go first because you have a hotter take than most. Oh, I don't have much of a hotter take than I thought it was a, a really simple yet effective film from pixar i think it's their best film since probably coco um and i think that it's it it takes away all the i guess nostalgia from like the toy story films or it takes away um a lot of the just like over the top concepts of something like soul really strips everything down and then i think that the last 15 minutes of the film sort of creeps up on you and does that wonderful thing that Pixar movies do, which makes you like cry, has a beautiful score, got a little good humor in the middle of it also too. I just think it's a really, really solid effort from them. Um, you know, I'd probably give it like a, I think I'd give it like a B. Um, and and uh, I, I wish they would do more stuff like this because it just, it it goes back to what they used to do, which is just make it about the characters and, and not have the world be what it's about or, or themes and try to go for those themes. I mean, themes are there, obviously. I think that this is definitely, it's a coming of age story, but I think it's also an allegory for 
um, for the LGBTQ community, but it doesn't really have to fully go there for us to, to see those themes as well. It can also just be about these two boys and their sense of freedom and wanting it at that age. So yeah, I just, I, I really, really dug it. And, uh, and it got me in the tears at the end. I guess, yeah. I mean, I guess you don't have to think about any of the themes to enjoy it. It's very base if you want it to be. Mm. I mean, I guess you, you know, <clears throat> you uh, were rec- recognizing the themes perhaps more than most. Mm-hmm. You saw, you know, Call My Pasta by Your Name <laughs> in that film. Calamari by My Name I, is what the New York Times, I think, called it. That works. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 nice. And there's uh, there's something to be said for that. And um, I just like that it's it knows what it wants to be and it, and it is that very well yeah. and you know there are times where you want the the grand ambition of uh you know a soul or an inside out but i'm i'm happy for something like this original concept um alumni filmmaker for pixar with their short mm-hmm. films of you know advancing to a feature all of it you know worked i i don't know that i'm going to uh you know think about it a ton more but that's nothing to say against it like i still you know if it wins animated feature i'm not gonna bat an eye i don't think it will but no i don't think so no. but we don't know what the competition is there's like, a if lot it was of that animated mitchell's... films this year yeah this, the year will be interesting but if we were going by like that or mitchell's versus the machines it's gonna be i that. still haven't seen that and i, I really want to i it's really i really want to also whoever's typing stop typing. i really want to i really want to watch it um, I mean, you, you, you do have Netflix, we, Did right? you not know that we had a court reporter here today um, for the episode? Yeah, the stenographer needs can take a break. It's okay. <laughs> um, but yes, if you have uh, if you have Netflix. Yeah, which, uh, I, I, ha- I have Netflix. I, just, what Netflix is. I just, for some reason, I, I wanted to watch it with the wife. And, uh, oh, do. And do save it for throwing, and, uh, and we just throwing, haven't had... We, throwing the woman under the bus, I see. <laughs> well, no, we just haven't had time. You know, we, we get into other shows or... You know, I finally got to catch up on Ted Lasso, and that was that was great. And so, it, you know, uh, but I'll get to it. Don't worry. I, I know by the end. Uh, I know within the next couple of weeks or so, I'll see it. It's worth right. sharing. So I yeah. would I would wait. You know, you waited. Yeah, this long. plays well with family of any. Kind. That's what I heard. Yeah. That's why I kind of want to watch right. it not by myself. That's cool. Who else has a uh, Luca take? Uh, yeah, I finally got to see it this weekend, and um, I loved it. I think best Pixar since Coco is accurate. It's not like one of their most tonally or thematically ambitious, but it's just a really nice, wholesome story about, you know, being young and friendship and just... And a monster. And a monster. But, like, the monster is, like, the most G-rated monster of all time. Like, it's oh, yeah. not anything. But, um, I don't know. I like it a lot. I think it breaks away from, you know, how some Pixar movies have this, Disney Animated or DreamWorks or whatever, where every studio will have, like, the way that their characters look and regardless of the film that kind of permeates from project to project this one i feel like had a very distinctive look about it that's usually reserved more for stuff like you know into the spider-verse or the peanuts movie you know where it's got its a, a look that is its own and it didn't yeah. feel like like the people and the faces and the way things were animated and colored i don't know it had a unique visual style to it uh, it was a simple story but an effective one great performances across the board great music i just it was a winner for me um and i think it would have played really well in theaters and i think it's kind of a bum rap that it's only going to disney plus yeah fair yeah 
Yeah, boring. Uh, Mitch. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like I like the look I like the look of it too. I think that's probably one of the things that I appreciated the most about it was that it didn't look like kind of the like factory setting for Pixar, which is uh, like a gorgeous setting. Obviously, they do like amazing work, but I liked the visuals of it. I almost wish that it was more stripped back and more like nor- quote unquote normal because the thing that I liked the most about it was just like these kids doing a Vespa race like that's like I was like into that and the kind of sea creature element of it was like that little bit of like the Pixar like fantastical thing that I didn't really like vibe with as much um but I yeah in general it was kind of I mean it, it was fine I thought as like the I think the only queer person out of the five of us I have kind of complicated feelings about like the queer subtext in it which isn't really subtext I feel like it's very like obviously about that and I have complicated feelings just about like movies lately that are doing this thing of like the only thing to necessary to fix homophobia is having one like socially accepted straight person be like hey queer people are people too and then like the entire town that wanted to murder people is like oh yeah we love everybody now like we're all good like it's it's just a little bit simplistic but I also understand that it's like a family movie and like it still is like a good message it just like gives me a little bit of like complicated feelings but I, th- I thought it was fine Mitch you're, Mitch, you're, you're not up alone so. well there you go I was wrong <laughs> you never know <clears throat> no I think you're totally right I think regardless of the subtext the resolution at the end is very neat and tidy in a way that doesn't feel yeah effective uh through any lens i would say oh, yeah, that's it's, the it's, part that kind of falls short it's the limits of the of the means yeah the delivery system yeah. is by virtue of that going to be on the simplistic side otherwise you <clears throat> i mean it could work there is definitely and i think even pixar could probably pull it off but it's a it's a very different project if you go yeah. for the the messier yeah. like you know if you tried to have the ending of falcon and the winter soldier of like well some people are always gonna hate me because i'm black if you were gonna take that and try to leave the the same movie with that i don't think it would work either i think it's just it's a different movie that way maybe a better one but uh, i think for what they did definitely simplistic and definitely not um i don't think they they got a strike on that but for what they were trying to do i think they accomplished the goals i don't think anyone is gonna you know be picketing uh pixar because of yeah definitely not my feeling is it's it's not simple because it's not specific. I, I think it, it connects with a lot of people in different ways. And it may be, you know, open to interpretation who it's for, if it's for anybody, or if it's more of a just a general theme about uh, accepting others and in, individualism. And you can see it through your own lens and say, well, that's about me. And that's kind of what I liked about it. It's open to interpretation. And I think it's kind of open for everybody. It's it's everybody's story at the same time, beyond the theme. The visuals, I loved everything on land. I did not care for the underwater so much. I'm like, it's beautiful, but it's not my thing. The characters- It felt a little half-baked as far as like Pixar world. Yeah, concerning the fact that- It felt very conveyor belt. Yeah, their visuals underwater usually are very- I would say top notch above any studio and this did feel yeah. like their focus wasn't primarily on the underground stuff or underwater stuff nearly or as much as above the surface which is yeah. where yeah, they I mean, put the a lot of their love and care into 
with the animation. I mean, admittedly, it great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Admittedly, Steve's anti-aquatic uh, rhetoric is well known <laughs> throughout the industry, but yes, it could it could look better. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of those movies that I think if it hangs around and we get to award season and it's still you know a top tier contender, there'll be more to go over with it, and I think maybe don't we? You know the 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 secondary run will will be kind to it but for now like i think we all we all like it we all enjoy it and it it was just i think it's it's nice to be nice is like a very simplistic response yeah. to yeah. movies but sometimes you want that especially at like the beginning of the summer yeah i think it's a, also, it's a very good summer movie do people yeah. disagree with my take cuz i don't you know no, not necessarily it's not the most that that is not the part that i think makes everyone go wow no, I don't. No, I don't, no, no. About the themes, about you know. Well, I think yeah, I think that it is a. Um, I think it is a film that, um, you know, everyone's different. So you know, obviously, you know, you know, we all coming at it through a different way. I I do think that the themes are there. I do think they are beautiful. I do also feel like, at a certain point, we should just embrace it, and and yeah, make and, think, instead of making the... it like about these two kids and you know maybe instead of trying to just make it about friendship you know embrace the lgbtq themes even more uh than they are i mean it's I mean, we're, we're but but i don't think there's anything opposing no, it. like no, i don't no, think there's no a, I'm just, but you know i don't think anyone I do at think, pixar was like you can't yeah do but it. i also think um too um i didn't think that the themes like initially like i know it's all very fun and games to sort of throw the call me by your name comparisons out there and everybody did on Twitter before and yeah. then sort of put those expectations out there into the world of what this movie was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I initially, I, mean, I, I initially, want, I, I do wonder what that would be like, who's expecting yeah. like uh, the peach <laughs> yeah, rated yeah. movie. But I felt like a lot of people were pushing for that. And I was like saying to a lot of people, I'm like, be hesitant because that's not how you do understand this no, is still Disney. And so it's way more like a male friendship. Yeah. Movie but than I mean, the themes like are, a, the themes are there and you can, and yeah. it's like in a lot of their films, like a lot of their films you have can engage with them. If you want to, or you don't have to, if you themes don't want about, you know, uh, various topics and yet they're not yeah. always about that. So because some audience members will catch those and they'll, they'll, you know, they'll cling to those. And well, then that's... there are other audiences that will, that will just see the story that they got and enjoy that as well. And so that's, that is sort Which of is the universality of, yeah. of Pixar. You're, but I think you're you go back and you watch it again it. later on, or you watch it with someone who's not exactly like you, not a pick, you know, not a cookie cutter version of yourself. And then you okay. say, Hey, what's your take on it? And you go, Oh, I didn't even see that. And I yeah. think that's what I've been I'm hearing a lot. has of... a different perspective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You so, can, you can engage with the themes as much or as little as you want. And the film still works, which is, yeah. Not, not you know, but it's all positive. People walk out of this with a positive outlook and a, a positive reaction to it, which is good. Which means, you know what? We can go into the nitty gritty. We don't have to do it during a Pixar film. That this is a, the beginning of a conversation. I don't yeah. know. I liked it a lot. Oh yeah. Okay. That's all. Let's uh, let's move on, and I will give you guys the choice. So I think it's a it's a recommendation from everyone, and good stuff. Even though I mean it's been out a week, people are seeing it's, it. Is it the we only all say watch it? Isn't there another Pixar movie coming out this year? No, I the only don't one. believe so. I think this was. I think last year was there. Oh, like, okay, but they have like a they have like a kind of another Disney film, like one that Lin Manuel Miranda's doing music for, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, okay, there's, okay. there's 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 yeah, a yeah, yeah. okay. There's a bunch. Oh, of yeah, I didn't know yeah, that yeah, was with Pixar or, or this was it. So I'm. You know, I don't believe so. No. But who's but to who's, say? Yeah. Um, I will give the you guys a choice. 
we can talk Loki next, or we can do a uh, question. I like questions. Question. Questions. Question. All right. Yeah. Ryan McDermott. He has a filmaholic face off for us. Mm-hmm. A recent Samuel L. Jackson movie. Oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first up, Captain Marvel or Incredibles two. And we're gonna go uh, Miles, Ryan, Mitch, Steve. Captain Marvel or Incredibles two. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Incredibles two is as good as the first film, but it is still very good, and Captain Marvel is just fine. All right. I like Captain Marvel, and Incredibles two is like a like. Um... Jeez, Miles just said uh, it's not as good as the original, which is the best Pixar film I think they've ever made. So I will go with Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I like Captain Marvel more than probably most. I'd probably put it in my kind of like upper half of MCU movies, but I really like Incredibles too. I Again, I mean, it's obviously not as good as the first one. I don't know if there's anybody who thinks that Incredibles 2 is better than the first one, but it, I still yeah, choose it be crazy over Captain like Marvel. Like if, if one <laughs> two is better yeah. than yeah, one. Right. Yeah. Steve? <laughs> I am going to go with Captain Marvel because Ooh. I enjoyed Captain I Marvel like quite it. a bit, and Incredibles 2 is, I don't yeah. recall what even happened because it wasn't needed so bingo i don't like not needed films so i gotta captain marvel is certainly the better yeah. samuel yeah, jackson yeah, yeah, he's sure. hilarious in the film. and i gotta because he's in it yeah, he's in it yeah so in true me fashion i'm gonna go captain marvel because it has kevin smith in it well done that's it wow there really no. they're both they're yeah. both i think <laughs> equally <laughs> solid you know i i like other things in that. both of the uh franchises better but certainly have no issues and would easily rewatch either. Um, cannot say the same about the next two. Glass or the Hitman's Bodyguard? Ooh. Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> neither. I haven't seen Hitman's Bodyguard, and I don't care to. Glass is fucking one of the worst, stupidest, fucking stupid movies I've ever seen in my oh, life. So. That's, if you're counting everybody, that's, that's two fucks. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess Hitman's Bodyguard just because it's a vote against Glass. And and, uh, and that, everyone, is two F-words from Miles. If you had that on your bingo card, please fill in the space right now. Um, I'm going to go with Glass um, because um, I was talking with Joey earlier today. And uh, I always have a weird soft spot in my heart for M. Night Shyamalan. I always feel bad for the guy. Um, and I feel bad watching several I, of And that's movies. exactly what you said to me earlier today. Yeah. Um, and I, I think Glass is an interesting film. It's not like a great film. Uh, and The Hitman's Bodyguard. Or even a good film. Uh, it, it's yeah. a, it's, it's a very interesting film. I, I, I got a lot out of it. And um, I think that... The Hitman's Bodyguard is trash, and the fact that it has a sequel is terrible. So I'll go with Glass. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, it's. I don't like either of these movies, but the it's an easy choice for me because I think Glass is trying to do really interesting things and probably more often than not failing at it. Whereas Hitman's Bodyguard is trying to do the simplest thing in the world and still failing miserably at it. So I think that I would just give it to Glass just on like ambition alone. Steve, um, I was so disappointed with Glass that I'm going to choose it because I feel like maybe if I watch it again, 
there's something more there than I thought there was. I don't think there is because no, no Steve, one else don't found do it. it. It's no. not too late. I, I can I can assure you I will never watch it again, and I will be going against the movie where someone that is uh, supposedly immortal drowns in a puddle. Because that's a thing that happens. Uh, I think the Hitman's Bodyguard is like wildly mediocre, but I watched it on a plane and I uh, didn't harm myself, so I guess that's fine. Yeah, the plane still landed. That's better yeah. experience than glass. Yeah, the plane still landed. There was no disturbances. My eyes. Well, the only disturbance was you over. had to watch the Hitman's Bodyguard. I suppose I <laughs> opted to of my own volition, whereas glass was a press screening and I had to. So I guess there's your time. Technically, you. Technically, you didn't pay to see Glass, but you did get on a plane, so that is, con- in a way, paying to see the Hitman's Bodyguard. In a way. Oh, I paid. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, I know exactly. We, we all we, we all, all paid. paid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're getting a little better now. Kingsman: The Secret Service or Kong Skull Island? Uh, I think Kong Skull Island doesn't quite get a great rap. I think it's actually a totally decent monster movie. It's got some style to it. But Kingsman: The Secret Service is great, and Sam Jackson is really good in it. It's one of his more interesting recent performances. So the, uh, Kingsman all the way. You like spy movies? Um, I just I love that line from. Was that your Mike Tyson? Yeah, that's well. It's like his Russell Simmons Mike Tyson impression. That's what yeah. makes um, that movie, the first Kingsman, really good. It's also like that homage to the old Bond films that I love so much. So I will mm-hmm. always have a. Safe, uh, a soft spot in my heart for. Uh, Were you about to say a safe? Yeah, spot? safe place. Oh, I was going to say a safe place uh, <laughs> in my heart for uh, the Kingsman. I saw that on Valentine's Day weekend with my wife, and we uh, we loved it. And that ending when everyone's heads sort of just blow off. It's hysterical. Oh, I was. I thought you were. Yeah. I thought you were about to say something else when you said I saw it on Valentine's Day and the ending because there was. A, no. Yes. The um. Uh, the ass thing. There's a romantic scene. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, that yes. was no, that did not happen, for the record. Oh, I'm sorry to hear I mean, it. I mean, you know, good lord. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Mitch. Uh, <laughs> uh, I to keep the awkwardness going. I saw Kingsman in theaters on Valentine's Day with my mom. <laughs> can we? Can we which, also um... clarify the same statement as with Ryan? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, you you can say you can say whatever oh, you want. I'm oh. just gonna put it out into the universe that that's what happened. I'm not gonna say what happened or what didn't happen. Maybe I don't remember. Ooh. I don't know. Repressed <laughs> memories. I like this. I like Good it. Good God, what has this podcast become? But um, un- unrelated to that, my vote is for is for Kingsman. I I really do. I think that Kingsman, the first one, is like one of the best like tentpole blockbusters of the last yeah. decade. Like I love that yeah. movie, so I definitely would go with that. I'm gonna follow uh, suit. Steve, do you have any uh, potential? Steve, did you see the Kingsman on Valentine's Day with my mom? Uh, yeah, but I wasn't going to tell you until after. But hey, you know, good job, we're going yeah. to let job. everything out. Let's. Uh, I've got a few other re- revelations. <laughs> I did not see it with your mom, but I did see it, and I, I actually like both these films. But Kingsman, uh, the original, is definitely uh, head and shoulders above uh, a, a lot of the stuff out there. And, and I actually was very disappointed to see the second one come up with kind of a a bust in my opinion because yeah, that, it, yeah i enjoyed it so much yeah. so there's like yeah. my expectations were just sky high it there. was like two movies uh, in one and it was just and it yeah, couldn't yeah. Com- commit they to whichever yeah they were both not good it was, so so I, it was I, very messy i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna pick kingsman as well i also think kong is good um but yeah the kingsman sequel 
I think there were elements of it that worked, there were two, but they also there were two things that were great about that movie: Mark Strong, Elton John. That's it. Yeah, no, the no, Elton, Elton John, John thing was, was great. one of the worst things. About oh no, it was no, so I, it was so great just because it's so it doesn't make any goddamn sense whatsoever. I don't think the performance was good. I think that no. just what the fuck nature of it was entertaining. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was like I. Yeah. We're spinning our wheels a little bit here. Mm. Like, I enjoyed it for the most part because I think I just enjoy that world. And I kind of like a fun spy movie. We're supposed to get but, the prequel this year, right? Yeah, oddly. We've been supposed isn't to it get cra- the prequel, isn't it crazy like, that that has not come out yet? We've been supposed to get it for like the last two to three years. Which I gotta say, I have no interest in. Yeah. It's the least Wait, interesting who's one to the, me. Like, isn't I, the lead? It's yeah. Ray Fiennes. It's, uh, Ray Fiennes. Yeah, but no, like... the. I want to. I, no, I thought like the kid. No, no, you're right with Ray Fiennes, but I thought like the guy, like the lead, was uh, the what's his face from uh, 1917. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, uh, no, right George McKay. No. It's not. No, him. it's just a. No. No, it's the guy from. Oh uh, yeah, Beach Rats, they just right? look what's the same. Uh, Harris Dickinson. Yeah. They just kind of have that. What face. an appropriate yeah, yeah, yeah. name for the British movie yeah. Beach Rats. Yeah. Also for the movie Beach Rats, what an appropriate mm-hmm. name. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. wildly overqualified cast here. We got Ray Fiennes, Gemma Arterton, Risa Fans, Matthew Good, Tom Hollander, Harris Dickinson, Daniel Brew, Charles Dance, and in what I can only assume is a terribly no. small role, Jaiman Hansu. God, Jaiman it keeps Hansu. coming up. It keeps happening. Get this man a good role for fuck's sake. It's probably Jaiman, Jaiman Hansu. Hansu. Yeah, he, yeah we've I, talked I, I, about I wanna... him so much. <laughs> the... Our, one, our, someone, one of us needs to interview him. I think, I I think he's still looking for those diamonds, guys. And I think that that's... You know, they're, <laughs> Maybe. They're just going... Um, thing. You got, like, a tax yeah. issue, Jaiman? Like, what's I going think, on? I think for me... This is Academy Award-nominated I mean, Jaiman Hansu. Two times! He can't get two anything time. more than... Hey, five minutes? Him and Mark Strong are the epitome of five minutes being great, yeah. never getting but anything at least. Else. At least Mark Strong went through like that Gary Oldman esque period where he was the villain in every other movie. Yeah, like Jaiman Hansu never even got that. He's just immediately like third string bad guys and everything. Yeah, I would lo- yeah. like. Why wasn't he just a straight Marvel villain? Like, uh, you know, yeah. I don't you know. know. I mean, he could be he could be a bi Marvel villain. Don't don't restrict him. That's fair, and that was terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, what he really should have been is like a Bond villain in a vaguely racist Bond sequel from like nineteen ninety nine. Like, one more Pierce Brosnan movie where you're like, I think this is problematic, but I'm kind of having a good time. Like, that's where he probably... Or maybe if they... I've always wanted them to reboot Bond nowadays after Craig with uh, Daniel Kaluuya. And I would love if, like, maybe he played, like, Mm. either the bad guy or or maybe he played, like, M. You know, or something like that. Mm. Like, that would be fun for him to do. He he could be a good M. I like that. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I will say the biggest sin the Kingsman sequel did was killing off uh, the girl. Like five. Oh minutes yeah, in. that was the stupidest was damn like, thing. Well, they also sidelined like, her. What was the point of that? At the end of the first one, right? They sidelined yeah. her there, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, that really interesting female character that's like better spy than than Taryn Edgerton." Yeah. Yeah. Five minutes in, we're gonna kill her, and then we're gonna have like with a missile Taryn Edgerton and Halle Berry for the rest of the film. Like it's so yeah. And Pedro Pascal, Channing Tatum, Jeff Bridges, and nobody I kind of like Pedro Pascal, Julian Moore. You know, that's how bad. I like the American, the American like uh, aspect of it, but again, wasn't handled well. Yeah, the idea is cool, but it doesn't. What's it? What are they called? The the gentlemen or no? They're called no, no. The uh, the 
corksman. No, it's some, something. Something. It's something with, American. You know what I mean? Like something to do with whiskey. Yeah. The bur- the. God, I can't. The um, bourbons. This is gonna. No, I mean, now it's gonna it's just gonna eat me up. Yeah, it's gonna bum. It's gonna bug I'll, me. I'll I'll look it up. Uh, Keep going, Joe. Um. You know, I'm I'm trying to think of it now. Give me one second, because I want I want to do it. I want to do it naturally. The, the 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 jerksmen, the the stupid men, the 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 statesmen, the statesmen. statesmen. Yeah. Yes, just yeah, as yeah. stupid as I thought. Yeah, that's pretty right. stupid. And we move on quickly from that to our final um, Sam Jackson, who was like, this became a giant Hanzu love fest in front of me. Um, his the final one here is good. The hateful eight or Django Unchained. Oh. Two of his like three best roles. Oh my god, Miles, that's you. Um, I, I, I don't love the Hateful mm-hmm. Eight. I do love Django Unchained. I think it might actually be like my second favorite Tarantino film overall. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Sam Jackson's performance in it is like his best since Pulp Fiction. What's so number? I'm definitely going Django Unchained. What's number one? Number one is Pulp Fiction. His best since. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Oh, that's this is tough um, because I love both of these movies. Um, I really, I really do, and I and I, and um, I got to see the that Hateful Eight Roadshow version, um, which was fantastic, and uh, yeah, the 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 intermission was a was a huge boom yeah, to it. Yeah, the intermission where I was watching that on Christmas night with my in laws. Uh, and, and, and it cuts to it and I just look at their face and they're just like shocked best thing best thing I got that year for any kind of Christmas gift hmm. is to see that um, I still think we have the, the programs which was cool that they passed out um, I really like him in Django but I think like I think of Leo's performance in that being the underrated gem uh, that didn't get as much love as it should have uh, though he was really pissed off um, supposedly behind the scenes that uh, Weinstein wouldn't push him uh, Sam Jackson wouldn't get pushed for it. And then that also retroactively uh, happened with uh, the hateful eight. Um, just another reason um, why can, can confirm yeah, he was, you know, don't ask me how yeah, I know. No. Yeah. I, you, you, you I found that out from, I, I didn't find that out from you, Joe. I found that out from, I mean, it's, it's kind of out there in the, uh, in the, yeah, no, I, I may have, I may have heard about yeah. that, earlier uh, which was that. complete bullshit because, um, I think Samuel L. Jackson should have been Oscar nominated for the hateful eight. I think it's a really nuanced role and it's great yeah. to see him be in the lead. I hope that Tarantino's last film, he's the lead again because when they work together, it's the best. And uh, I yeah. wouldn't say either one of them are um, like my number two or three or anything, but they're just really solid films. And so pick one, I'm going to go with hateful eights. Oh, there we you got go. there. Yeah. Oof, yeah. We got there. Sorry, I just I, I, it was hard. Steve, Steve's trying to stay awake. We got to move fast. Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't know. I don't. I probably don't love either Get of out. them as much as Get out. the rest Get of out. you guys do. But like, I think, <laughs> I think they're both good. I like them more when I'm like watching them. When I'm watching them, I really like them. But they kind of both leave my mind like kind of quickly after I watch them. So the answer would probably be whichever one I've watched more recently which I think at the moment is The Hateful Eight. So I would go with The Hateful Eight. 
I think they're yeah. both good though. I'm not saying they're yeah, bad. Yeah. Just that, like, just, I don't like hold them in the upper tier of Tarantino well, I'm movies. Just <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm All just right. <laughs> I think Django's premium Quentin Tarantino. I'm gonna go with that. Although uh, the second, when I rewatched Hateful Eight in the segmented version, um, the chaptered version, whatever you want to call it, on Netflix, I enjoyed it much better the second time around. Yeah. And Miles, it, I still yeah, need to do that. To try it that it's way. worth Maybe a revisit. Like it better. Miles, yeah. you said your favorite Tarantino was um, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Um, yeah. Mitch, Steve. Oh. Uh, Jackie Brown for me, like a thousand percent. I love Jackie Brown. I'm gonna have to go with Pulp Fiction still, but uh, yeah, it's they, they, it's narrowed. I used to have that used to be you know well ahead of the rest, but there's four or five that I that kind of fit in that upper echelon. Yeah, I go Kill Bill. So. That's another uh, one. My uh, my top three are the Pulp whole Fiction story. and Glorious Bastards and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, Once Upon a Time so, in Hollywood's slowly creeping up there. Yeah. So I, but then again possible that Django might be four. I can't wait for the book um, for Once Upon a Time. Home. Yeah, yeah. I have it. I have it pre-ordered. Give me that thing. Um, but I will say, I think Django is the better movie, but I think he is slightly better in Hateful Eight. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go Hateful Eight. Yeah, sure. Now, there is a second part to a Ryan McDermott question. Ooh. What? As we all know. Ba-ba-bum. Choose the four heads that would go on Mount Rushmore. Four. Oh. George Washington. <laughs> Smart ass. Can anyone guess what Samuel, this means? Is it for Samuel Jackson performances? No. People who starred in the movie Rush Hour uh, and the sequels. No, but so, you're closer. Is it like sequel? Sequel. People who starred in is the movie Rush Hour. Sequel to Buddy Cop movies. No. Uh, Miles, you want to make a guess? No. <laughs> movies directed by Ron Howard. Oh, Mount Rushmore. Oh. Oh. Except would right. Rush even make the mountain? Well, he says of which I'm word. assuming Rush makes the four, and uh, I, I don't, I, I don't think Rush is making the four. So I think only, Rush is the last good assumption. film he's made. That's fair, but, but I don't uh, know if it makes the four. I'm gonna tell you my four, and it's not gonna be the actual four. Uh, because I like some weird shit. But I'm going to th- say Night Shift. Ooh, Night Shift's love, good. Oh, yes. Love Night Shift. Mm-hmm. Night uh, Shift. Michael Keaton in that movie. <laughs> Michael Keaton explaining the word prostitution to the hookers. Yeah, great. Pro, because, you know. And and Tit, well, we, we all know what the... It, like, it's just... it's It, it w- is one of the comedy performances yeah. of ever, ever to me. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say Night Shift. I'm going to put Apollo 13 on there. There's two. Uh, I'm going to put Splash. Three. And I'm going to really struggle on four. <laughs> sure. The rush. There you go. Nope. 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 I'm really only enthusiastic about those first three. All right. Miles? Yeah, I'm looking at the list now. Uh, I definitely think Apollo 13 on there. Um, I'm going to say one that's kind of a personal favorite. I really like Parenthood. I, I know think it's one of do. Steve Martin's funniest movies. And I just kind of love everyone in it. And I just, it's one of those like go to it for a good time movies. Uh, so Paul 13, Parenthood, A Beautiful Mind is one of my favorites. Uh, and Cinderella, man. 
Speaking of uh, Steve Martin, I just rewatched uh, Bowfinger. Oh, what a good movie! Over the weekend, I I forgot how much I love like early in the movie, angry um, Eddie Murphy. Yes, when he's just yelling at his agent, yeah, because that everything's racist, is one of my favorite Eddie Murphy bits. Yep. Oh, it's amazing. Um, Capped off by when he shoots the uh, the symbol on the on the drum set. Okay. Amazing. So do your four. I'm gonna go with. He's just made a lot of crap. Ryan's going to go with Grand Theft Auto, <laughs> Gung Ho, uh, The Missing, and The Dilemma. In the Heart of the Sea. Yeah, Ooh. or The Dilemma. Who does love that? Right. Well, yeah. well, first of all, Gung Ho's not a bad movie. Um, it's not. Uh, but I wouldn't put it on this. I, I would say Apollo 13. I think that that's clearly going to be on everyone's list here. Um, I would say Cinderella Man, easily. Paul Giamatti should have won that Oscar ridiculous for real ridiculous second yeah it's, oh for oh because he didn't get nominated for sideways right sideways yeah, yeah. um absolutely i'll go i'll go parenthood i agree with miles that that movie is really underrated um crap and there's like and then <coughs> it's this is the problem you have to get to the last one and you know what i lied i'm i'm getting rid of rush and i'm putting frost nixon as my four i actually don't mind that movie uh, i don't think it should be a best picture solid. nominee interesting but, it's a yeah. solid movie. It's I would not movie. nominate it. For it gets it gets a little rough but, towards the end of the film, but for the no. most part, it's it's not bad. Um, yeah, it, it's a very solid. I, B it's like this. Like rating. There's something about watching like a historical event come together. Like I think Argo does it much better, but that element, like just watching like yeah. history unfold in a, like a populist entertainment way, is if you can do it right is kind of just like where I'm yeah, at with life. I'm just not a fan of, I, th- I think I'm just not a big fan of Lane Dillow's performance in the film and and uh, but I love you know, Michael, I mean, Michael Sheen he's, he's fine Michael Sheen's oh, fine yeah uh, but I'll go with Rush as my last one alright interesting I, I mean I think I think Apollo 13 yeah. I'm not even like crazy about Apollo 13 but that's like yeah, yeah, we're, that is that is gonna be on like, there yeah, everybody it's be there yeah, Everybody I feel like the realistic two that have to be on there are Apollo thirteen and Splash. Uh, <laughs> Splash is a, a classic comedy. Is it? I've actually I've never seen. I've never Splash. seen it. Never. Wow. Felt anyone compel me to see it? I've seen it's it. Very, it's very fine. I'm surprised no one I said Cocoon. It. Some quality John Candy. I look. I considered Cocoon. Yeah. I'm listen. I'm happy to have Night Night Shift instead of instead of Splash, but you know. Yeah, my my four. I mean, Apollo thirteen is just like a default, and then Night Shift for sure is my mm-hmm. favorite. Ron Howard, I love Night Shift. I love that it is getting love. Mm-hmm. Um, Parenthood is another one that I like, even though I think putting Parenthood on it for me is probably more a sign that I'm not really a big Ron Howard fan in general. Yeah, not many it's people like are. an okay movie. Um, yeah, <laughs> and then so those three, and then Cinder. I do really like Cinderella Man. I think that that's kind of like a the cheesy like sentimental oscar movie that i have like yeah. a soft spot for i, I like crow i like Fair. giamatti yeah, in even, it. I think, and i will I say uh, night shift gets bonus points because it's a movie that has vincent Schiavelli in it and all movies are better when he is in that in a movie to to be fair to ron howard he does if you look at his 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 filmography he does a lot of good movies he doesn't do a lot of great movies but he does a lot of good movies you know every Not single recently. thing on here just just the majority of them 
what are you are you kidding me? Well, I'll I'll I don't want to give any spoilers to my rush uh my mm. Mount Rushmore, but um, Rush is definitely the last like unequivocally like almost everyone. Yeah, liked and that was movie. like seven years. That yeah. was like eight years ago. And then before that, it was Frost Nixon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but and what, then before right. that, it was Cinderella Man. <laughs> he does okay movies. People yeah, yeah. Listen, he's a there's there's a lot he, worse directors out there. Just, no, he is a he he's is a, a middle he's a competent he's a middler. He's like in the he's middle. He's a TBS Saturday afternoon movie. Yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. He, he's he the is. reason why he took over for Lord and Miller. He's safe. That's what he is. Yes, yeah, exactly. There he, yeah, he's and very. Safe. I think That's he could thing. knock it out of the park with the right script, but I don't think he gravitates to the right scripts. Like I don't think he should be making particularly edgy things, even though yeah, like even even is evidence he can do it. Even him winning for a beautiful mind, I don't have a problem with it. It's not his directions; it's the problem. It's the script. You know what I mean? Did that make anyone's top four? No. I think so, right? No. It made mine. Oh, it did? Oh, it did a beautiful it? Mind? Okay. Oh, wow. I love a beautiful mind. Oh. oh. I mean, I feel like Very he... Interesting. There's a There's a movie that, like, is up his alley, but I don't know what it is, the thing. Yeah. I just know that there's a movie like, you get that, that he can ace. Yeah, like, you get that... With, you know what? Yeah. And that movie you know is at TV. He needs to stop trying to make that movie and just make a movie. You know what? I think I think he did with the he... Grinch guys. Like that's his. Oh, that's the one on the on the Mount Rushmore. Let's do it. It is a it is a big swing. I give him that. It is painful, is what it is. I like that movie right, actually. You know what? You're right. Oh really? Oh, Ron Howard's good. Horrible. Good guy. Well, you know what I want Ron Howard to do? I want Ron Howard to make like the movies Robert Zemeckis made when we liked Robert Zemeckis. Did we ever like? Yeah, Robert exactly. Okay. I mean, contact, and I mean, we people back, like that. Oh, like back like thirty years sure. ago. Okay. Yeah. Like I like I would love to see Ron Howard's Contact, just like a big, serious, but also like accessible movie like that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think he he tries to do that, but also more of like a prestige movie. And Contact was he always feels like he's that. trying he's to like grab another Oscar, and he's just never going to get one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If if he did a Cocoon now. And didn't try to go for the Oscar and just try to make a good film. I think you'd make a better film. So you're, it's not my. You, it's not on my four though. Sorry. All right, so we just uh, moved into uh, bad movie pitches. Uh, Steve, what's your take for <laughs> Cocoon Three? Cocoon Three. It has <laughs> William H Macy wearing, still wearing the makeup. The, uh, the, I don't know. I've been wearing All it right. for twenty five years, thirty years. It, it's wonderful. So here's my four. I'll never grow older and I'll never die, but God, I want to. Um, Cinderella Man. Apollo 13, and like everyone else, uh, Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wait, seriously? No. No, 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 no I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was um, like, I was about, I was literally going to yell at you there for a second. He Steve did. teased like a hot take, and I was yeah. very worried that you were like, just serious. No, right? I, I had trouble. That's one of the films that wasn't a good film. All right, so here we go again. Cinderella Man, Apollo 13, Splash, and Frost Nixon. Oh, oh that was very anticlimactic, Steve. Sorry. Yeah. And angels and but demons. It I actually like. You know what? Um, of all the of all those, angels and demons is probably the best one. The one. I don't like any of them. <laughs> it's not saying because it, it's not my friend. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> yep. It's a lot. And better. the loser is. I mean, the Da Vinci Code's awful, and Angels and Demons is quite entertaining because it's a because it is a good mystery and. Ewan McGregor's fun in it and everything, but then like the last one, Dante's Inferno or whatever the hell that thing was called, um, that thing is... with Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, it's whatever just the Inferno hell baby that thing was, it's terrible. Like, yeah, 
Fun fact, I saw Inferno with, in theaters the day that Donald Trump won the election, and seeing Inferno was the worst thing. <laughs> with, with Steve's wow. mom. <laughs> wow, nice. Well, well played. Speaking of I, that excellent joke, <clears throat> two things I'll bring up. One, I'm going to tell you what I did the, the day after Trump was elected, which was something. And two, have you ever heard the Pete Davidson joke to that effect? So... He um, no. he did the roast of Justin Bieber, which is a thing, apparently. And uh, we're all aware of his uh, backstory with his father, right? Yeah, he died on... In, okay. in, uh, yes. uh, yeah. Oh, shit. I never yeah, do you remember what this is? <laughs> okay. I don't know yeah. what it is. We but said yeah, like, that after the show. Yeah. He turned to, um, you know, other people on the dais. And two of them were Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart. Now... Do you know what they did together? Does anyone know the movie Soul that they both Plane. were in? Soul Plane. You're, you're correct. And uh, he turned to them and said, and I'm going to quote, that Soul Plane was the worst experience of my life involving a plane. <laughs> Jesus. And I think it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Because <laughs> the balls to tell that joke. Uh, yeah, I uh, I had a press screening the day after the election that I didn't go to. My friend uh, canceled, and I told the publicist, I was like, I don't think I'm going to go. And they responded like, yeah, I wouldn't either. Which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> but then I had an event for, uh, for Kirsten Johnson, for camera person, moderated nice. by Michael Moore. So I spent the day after the election with Michael Moore, who was uh, not in a jovial mood. I um he, I would just say he did not make me feel bad. I went in uh I went to the movies too, Mitch, and uh I saw Arrival and uh, and I cried. Um mm. and I was like it, give, yeah, it gives you movie. hope for the future it, in all the in, ways in, that, in a uh, way in a world where you don't feel like any hope is possible. Like yeah. Listen, my press screening was for the space yeah. between us, so who's to say whether oh. that would have wow. yeah. space between us. Which one was that? That's, That's the, the Asa Butterfield. Is it Gary Oldman in is that his, one? His like um, secret dad at the end, yeah. Oh my yeah, God. Man, I love these and Britt Robertson. You can't convince me that that's a different movie than Ender's Game. <laughs> I mean, listen, uh, Gary Oldman, Harrison Ford, exactly. like yeah, it's, it's the same thing. Um, God, Gary, let's, Gary Oldman. We're, Jesus Christ. Do we settle the I, four? Oh Do we God. settle with the four? Who cares? <laughs> I think Ryan does. I don't Ryan know. Howard is not I don't Ryan. I think that's the fun of the Ron Howard is we all just kind of shrug. Uh, let's I do... think Apollo 13 and Cinderella Man seem to be And Parenthood popular. seem to be up there. Parenthood, yeah. yeah. And then just give me Night Shift and I'm happy. You know, and I'll, 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 I'll yeah, give you Night, night Shift. shift all right. There you go. There we go. That was easy. Cool. There we go. Um, all right, move on. Don't yes, my heart. Yeah, listen, we made it happen. Um god i have a i have a gary open story i cannot say on the air don't do it i'll tell you guys off the air we don't i won't don't need him calling us it is it is the drunk no 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 but it is it is the fun part of like when you do this long enough and you you can have like casual conversations with industry people and there's nothing better when they say well this is off the record (laughs) it's always good like it's never once been disappointing it's always like, oh wow, like oh my god. It's not like it's um, not like darkest hour. Best. It's not disappointing. No, no. Let's just, my god. Let's just say it was quite the performance by Gary. Um, 
Enough of that. Um, Loki. Let's do Loki. I have not seen episode kind of, three, so if there's going to be spoilers for episode. The three, irony is that yeah. I only remembered to watch episode three because on the phone Ryan was like, "Are you going to watch episode three? Because and then I did, really then I went this. out and then I went out to dinner tonight and I did not get to see it. So, yeah, I think the themes were great. I love the uh, the above water scenes in Italy. No, wait, no, between the boys, Steve, Steve, <laughs> I think I think you got it mixed up again, buddy. No, I don't think it, there's two boys who have a friendship. Yeah, and that's are... well. You know what? You're not far off from the first two episodes. One, yeah, one is Owen Wilson. Wow. One is you know. totally weird for me. <laughs> I mean, excellent. I hang out we, with Loki. Uh, wow. Does it count as a callback? Forty five minutes later, but I'm, I'm down to try. All right. Um, but yeah, we'll, let's just quickly say I, I still don't have any clue where it's going, but I'm entertained. But are you? Not um, I will say that I have to watch most of the episodes twice now, not because I don't get it. But if I'm even at all tired, I think it's so like dense and like possibilities that my brain turns off and I fall asleep. Hmm. Just a weird thing I'm noticing. Like I have to like start it over again almost every time. Yeah, it's a so lot of narrative. You fall asleep through. But it? I will say, possibly, possibly more so than I think WandaVision or Falcon and Winter Soldier. These episodes are so dense with stuff, but also just so dense with like good moment to moment, like performances or dialogue or what have you that like i found myself actively going back to them in ways yeah. that i didn't with the last two series so no i'm definitely in, i'm definitely not complaining that i'm like let me restart this episode because i definitely think i missed something yeah. um i think it's to its benefit joey though joey if you want some watching it back to back if you want some real ambient just go back and watch the falcon and winter soldier to be honest yeah. oh, i i i, I, I <laughs> but i will say watching it back to back with the premiere of rick and morty Oh my god. It does make sense that Same the guy Oh my right? god. Yeah, that the guy who is the showrunner of this uh, is Waldron. a Rick is a Rick and Morty alum. Oh my It has a very similar vibe to like, yeah. the like, I will also say the um, talk about one of the best shows the on way. television, Rick and Morty. Like that episode Agreed. Swear to God, they Agreed. just always you... find a way to balance the dark and the light of humor. And I just Did oh. you see the um the writer of that episode who wrote some of the best who wrote the Vat of Acid episode yes. and like stuff like that? Who's writing um uh Ant Man three? Oh my god. Did you see that he um someone tweeted at him and he said, Oh yeah, Mr. Nimbus is definitely in, in uh Ant Man three and Peyton Reed responded like, Didn't I tell you to take him out of the script? And he responded, I swear he's integral to the plot. <laughs> so I was I was enjoying the fact that, you know, it's crazy. They always have a joke um, every every episode that's like I when they when he goes through the portal with the wine at first, I looked at my wife, I said, Yeah, this isn't gonna end well. Like this is not gonna yeah. end well at all. <laughs> there, there were definitely like this episode, I think the line for me was still um the the girl going, I'm a time god. <laughs> yeah. But though I think the single funniest brick and morty thing to me is one of its darkest jokes, which is when um, <clears throat> last season in the Vat of Acid episode where Jerry hits the remote by accident. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh my god. I have Crushes never cackled that loud. But you're cackling at the same yeah, time. Like, yeah. It's a cringe cackle. You know what I mean? You're like, this, like was a, this was like a 10 to 15 minute long lead for that gag. Yeah, exactly. Like, and everybody, it. that's what we like about Loki. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. 
I think Loki is one of those things where we're going to have to like very much talk around it for another like week or two until we think we know where it's going. And until well, Ryan and that, I catch up. A yeah. few people, yeah, a few people here haven't seen it, so we can't go into wah, wah. too much detail. But it's good. It's still good. Mm-hmm. It's just as good as it was the first two. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And let's uh let's wrap up on Tribeca. Ooh. Tribeca Festival, I think is the one to be called, which is not a sentence, but yes. Yeah. Films no, are well, stupid. I mean if you uh, I mean, listen. Um, you want to be called film? You get the quick. hell out of here. Side note, real quick: um, Bo Burnham Inside, fantastic. Oh my god, it's so good. Oh yeah, and also like wildly depressing. Oh wait, wait, uh, yeah. what? Inside? Yes. Yeah. Oh it's, uh, my god, I loved it. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Talk about something that is growing so. on me each time I watch, and that soundtrack. Um, yes, I was talking with um, mind blowing a, a good friend of all of ours, I think, uh, Mr. Eric Anderson over at Awards Watch, and that son of a. <laughs> no, no, he's fine. I was talking with Eric, and he had a great point. If Oh Brother with Arthur can get nominated for Grammy Album of the Year, Bo Burnham's Insides music should be nominated for Grammys, like an album yeah, of sure. album of the year. All, yeah, yeah, like I've been listening to Problematic and White Woman's Instagram like on a loop. Um, yeah. and then uh, that's how the world works because evidently Bo Burnham's writing a Sesame Street film and wow, that's wild and if that's the case holy shit guys we're gonna get like the craziest Sesame Street movie of all time <laughs> works for me R-rated uh, Sesame so Street yes I love me some puppets uh, Tribeca had no puppets unfortunately no I mean some would say so some, why are we even talking I would it? I would say that the puppets or all of us buying into the fact that they would give us a good festival, if you know what I'm saying. So I listen. I don't think it was a bad festival. <laughs> I have uh, I have three things I'm very enthusiastic about. I was just talking about like, um, the fact that it didn't work yeah. for a lot of people, and you know, it was completely. I mean, that's. I think the organization yeah. of it left a lot to be desired. I think the the idea of it. Yeah. All for virtual film festivals yeah. because yeah. I don't have to travel. It was the Oscars like of virtual festivals. Yeah. Sure. Um, of the things that played this year, so I'm going to skip over the stuff that was like um, repeat stuff from last year. Um, though they did pick several really good things from last year. Uh, let's see. I was not, and, and Mitchell, tell me if you saw it, and then you can go over the stuff you saw because there's some crossover, but not a ton. Uh, I was not fond yeah. of Italian studies. I did not like that movie. It was the one that like I suspected was going to suck. Because you're like, there's way too big a movie star in this, and it doesn't sound like it's about anything, and it is 78 minutes of uh, Vanessa Kirby wandering around. And at one point, she debates whether or not to buy a hot dog off of a kid. Sounds good. Does she? Yeah. Watch to find uh, out. She doesn't buy the hot dog. Um, let's see. So that was the only <laughs> one that I out and out didn't like. Because I was very picky at the festival. I was like, listen, if I don't think I'm going to like it, I'm not going to bother. Um... Did you see the beta test? I did you okay, maybe we can talk about this after. Did you get a I screener did. for it? Cuz yeah, I I tried to get a screener for yeah, it. Yeah, they opted they out of any. But I got and, it through like you can't review yeah. it, but you can talk about it, you know, and yeah. Yeah. So I have not seen it, but I really want to. It, it is uh, awesome. disappointing, but still fine. Is the way I would put it. Like, so. Okay. Well, there we go. You, have you guys seen any of Jim Cummings' films? Yes. His first film, or yeah, I guess it's his Thunder first Road. film, Thunder Road. Thunder Road is fantastic. is fantastic. The Wolf of Snow Hollow and then, is a giant fucking piece of fucking shit. 
I don't think that, but I do think Thunder Road is better. That's but I do Ryan's think double fuck movie. Yeah, yeah, had that on the bi- on the I, bingo I, card. Do that as well. I I do think Jim Cummings is like his own like world. Like yeah. his his voice is very. Is it very, very much like the last two films, Joe? Yeah. Yes and no. Okay. I think there are elements of that. Like this is just a little off center. Okay. But it's the most sort of like genre of the three. Oh, fuck. And I didn't love that. I think he's very good in the movie. I like him. I like the fact that he keeps saying I don't want to act in my films like I want to have other people in the lead and then he yeah. continues to cast himself. And I will say the concept is amazing. It yeah. is one of the I've best heard, concepts I could think of. I I still don't know much movie. about it. I just know I'm that saying, he's making yeah. it. Like if he can ever make a movie like Thunder Road again and I know he just only made two films. The then, the, lo- yeah. the basically the the premise for those of you who don't know is uh, that um the sort of rich and powerful receive like a letter in the mail saying you've uh, there's a secret admirer who'd like to have an anonymous sexual encounter with you um and he's a like hollywood agent who goes for it and as you might imagine it is not uh good for him and as he sort of navigates like his world crumbling like he's kind of like a compulsive liar like he's an agent he's everything you think like a shitty agent would be so just the way he navigates that while being that guy is uh is very amusing to me Though not, uh, I don't think the execution is great, but interesting. And I think he's very good. Like, I think when I put up tomorrow, as you guys are listening to this, my awards for the festival, he might get my acting award. Mm. Also, I don't think many movies starred men this this year, but that's another story. Um, But he was very good in it. Are you done? Yeah. Yes. Good. Um, Sorry, I'm I'm trying to go into some of these movies blind this year. Well, put a blindfold on. Oh, yeah, drink uh, bleach. It works. Jesus Christ. He's a Steve. Wait, what do you mean? Uh, right and forth. Not, I'm not trying to fight COVID that way. Shut up. All right. Uh, right and forth, Mitch. Uh, no, this I one, I didn't this one won most of the like, international categories. It's not bad. Um, takes yeah. place very near where I live, which I found interesting. But very, like... Character study, very slow moving despite being short. Imagine if, like, Beanpole or Leviathan, like, you know, like oppressive Russian cinema was a lot more low key. Yeah, where you're just like, nothing's happening really, but I don't feel like anyone's about to be, like, bludgeoned. Fair, Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe, (laughs) yeah, bludgeoned. Oh, not, oh, low key. Yeah. I'm sorry, my bad. My bad. Uh, I'll catch y'all later. Next up is one that uh, we have divergent takes on, but not as much as you might think. False positive, which I think is like yeah. fine. Like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I don't Wait, think that really hit the mark. This is a sequel to the Divergent trilogy. Y- you know what it is? Oh, okay, interesting. Um, despite not having any of the same cast members, filmmakers, or plot. Oh, oh that's that's a, a shame. That's a shame that they didn't bring them all back. Yeah, I think uh, I think the problem with false positive is once you realize what it's doing at the end, it's n- not as creative as it could. So you been. would say that was my main issue. Confirm negative. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> compared to some of the other options you could have gone with there, I'll take yeah. it. You're, you're uh, right. I think I think Pierce Brosnan is is effectively creepy while being like like I agree with not. That. You know, it's one of those movies where you have to spend the whole movie going, well, is she crazy or is he evil or whatnot? And, and he toes the line very well of, like, 
not playing the card either way. So you can you can watch the movie thinking either thing and be right. But yeah, once you get to the end, it's like, oh, that's the thing I figured it would be, and I really hoped it wasn't, because that's like that's the idea I came up with on the first draft, and I would hope that someone else would have a better idea. How many but have at it. I how know many you, vodka martinis yeah, would you guys give it? I think I mean shaken or stirred. Yeah. Well, I mean it's gotta be shaken. I mean he doesn't like it, so he'd probably give him stirred probably. ones, right? Anyway, yeah. Mitch. Sorry. I mean listen. Yeah. Go on, Mitch. Uh, I know you, you hate it. I would give false positive three Jaiman Hansus <laughs> out of ten Jaiman Hansus. So you only stayed for about 15 minutes of the film? I mean, listen, the more apt one would be Gretchen Moles because she's in the movie. And speaking of people yeah. who just are relegated to third banana at best. <laughs> yeah, she is kind of in the movie. Totally yeah. forgot she existed. Which is a Which shame because she's a great I guess actress. it's just like... Yeah. She's a great Hollywood. Actress. Hollywood's a lot like and, me. Yeah, I was excited to see her. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm sorry, that's just the Listen. truth. Alright. Yeah, not a not a not great. Like I, I gave it like the vaguest of like, I guess it's a thumbs up, but the more I think of it, the more I'm like, wait, that should have been better. Hmm. Yeah, I think that I mean I agree with what you were saying. It's like it it wants you to be guessing is she crazy or is like something really sinister going on but it's like that the answer to that is very obvious within the first five minutes to anybody who's yeah. ever seen a movie so it's like you're spending you know an hour and a half getting to the place but then that you know also that to get to. oddly for a movie that really plays its hand early of like we're going in one direction when you find out what it is you're like this is like the least bad version of what you were hinting at still bad but also like <laughs> yeah I, I I I don't know why we're supposed to like be on her side necessarily. I just I thought they were doing a lot more with exactly it what they ended up doing. Um, it felt like there was a it felt like there was one more episode left if it was a show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next up, my heart can't beat unless you tell it to. Um, beat. 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 Yes. Beat. Well Keep played. Joey alive. Beat. 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 Which is funny because it's a oppressively serious movie about kind of a vampire sorry um it, it's like super indie pretty well done but also very close to boring but i, I that's that's sort of my take like again the wonderful reaction. very light thumbs up but can't say it excited me yeah i actually i just caught that one yesterday and i actually really really loved it but i agree that it is it is the kind of movie that you need to be in the right mood it's for. A theater movie. I, it's not a screener movie. Yeah, I, I can fully agree with that. You really need to be able to like fully immerse yourself in it and watch it. And for me, like the themes of it, um, it takes like the the idea of like vampirism in a really interesting direction where it's commenting on like marginalized communities. And for me, like I felt like there was a lot of resonance there with the idea of like chronic illness which is something i've dealt a lot with and so it really hit me personally and i think that it can do that for people but yeah it is something that you really need to be in the right headspace for yeah it would definitely serve its purposes better if you were in a theater and like okay this is movie two of the day and like i'm in it for the 90 minutes here we go um yeah Yeah. i saw this one i saw this next one at sundance but it, it did play as like a new film how it ends i thought that was very amusing Zoe Lister-Jones and Daryl Wayne, who did uh, Breaking Upwards. Uh, she did uh, Band-Aid a couple years ago. Like, uh, 
it's basically it's the last day on Earth, and it was shot during the pandemic, but has like a wildly strong cast of like com- comedians who like just pop up. Like it's uh, Zoe Lister Jones is the star, and Kaylee Spaney is the the younger version of herself. But like Whitney Cummings, Logan Marshall Green, Nick Kroll, Fred Armisen, Bradley Whitford, Olivia Wilde. Rob Hubel, Paul Shear, Helen Hunt, Colin Hanks, Charlie Day, they, Pauly Shore, they all show up in the movie at different times. Wow. I thought it was fun. Oh, yeah, I saw that movie. It's like a sort yeah. of end of the but, world with, like, a friend. Yeah, she's wandering around L.A. as, like, yeah, I didn't like, and, like um, it was... I, I think most people were like, eh. It's, it's, I thought it was amusing. It's, it's, it's just, like, a bunch of little vignettes. Some of them are funny, and then others are just, like... I think enough were funny that I didn't mind the ones that yeah. were not as I great. think that, yeah, I think there's a lot of not funny ones. And it's just like, well, and you just uh, kind of shrug, you just with, shrug your shoulders and you go, why the hell did anyone make this? Yeah. Well, interviews with the people who did make it coming soon to order. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw it at Sundance and I, I liked it. I'm I'm on your side with it. I know a lot of people didn't really vibe with it, but I I thought it was like such like a nice yeah. breezy easy viewing. I really I had a good time with it. I mean, it's definitely like a three out of five for me. It's not one of my favorites of like the festival or anything or even really anything that I've like thought about too much. But I I like my time. Solid. And it's it's one of those ones that's gone to every yeah. festival. It was at Sundance. Yeah. It was at South by. So like it's padding my lists wonderfully. Uh, next one is <laughs> Catch the Fair One. Um, very yeah. good, but wildly depressing. Um, yes. I understand why Darren Aronofsky produced this. He was like, this is my shit. Um, <laughs> this is a uh, like human trafficking oh, fun. thriller, I guess. Um, Native American woman, she's a boxer. She's looking for her abducted uh, younger sister, so she gets herself like caught up in it to like almost go undercover but she has no real like skill set for this and is wildly in over her head and nothing but bad things happen to everyone involved yeah it's that's my favorite movie of the festival i i absolutely loved it i think that it's if the way that i thought about it was if people like um you were never really here yes. it's very much that kind of revenge thriller like that take on the taken kind of movie um i love the the like native representation of it and like taking that angle with it because that is like a very real um issue that is happening like with that community and they're approaching it in a way where you really they're taking it seriously you know they're not taking like this horrible thing that's actually happening and exploiting it to make this you know entertaining liam neeson uh like liam neeson kicks a bunch of ass kind of action thriller it's a movie where you fucking like you feel every like moment of violence every like it, very serious thing that's happening you yeah. feel it it does not have an entertaining bone in its body it is no. a, it is a hard movie but i i thought it was my favorite yeah, movie of the good. festival um of the things that played this year it would be my one two three four five it's number seven for me um mm. because my number six is 12 mighty orphans which is just straight up cliche inspirational sports movie but done fairly well and given the choice you know at this point in my life i think i kind of prefer the like yeah well this was cliched but happy um thoroughly like unspectacular (laughs) but at the same time like i love a good like sports movie done right yeah yeah 
Yeah, I really wanted to see 12 Mighty Orphans because I was very much in the mood for that kind of thing. And I, I often am. I like those kind of movies. Um, but this is one of the issues of how Tribeca was handled this year where I was not made aware that the screener or anything was going to expire. And it expired off the press portal without me knowing about it until like two days after when they sent an email. I was like, hey, by the way, these movies all expired. Yeah, that was not their ago, best movie. So, like, here, sorry. by the way, here's what you can no longer watch. Like, uh, what? Yeah. Uh, hence why we have no coverage yeah. of a couple of movies. Um, yeah, next up, exactly. Were- Werewolves Within. But- I thought it was very good. Yeah, it's uh, it. Miles. I think you're gonna. I think you saw it, right? I did see it. Yes. What did you think? I feel like it's your type of movie. Yeah, it falls in that Tucker and Dale versus Evil category of movies you would think would be just made for me, but that I thought were just fine. Fair enough. I I, th- I thought it was good, <laughs> but not great. I think there's a great movie in there, but I don't think it quite hit all the beats it was trying to. Um, it's fine. It's totally fine. Fair. Fair enough. Um, next up, Seven Days. I also thought that was really good. And I don't really like the, like, COVID stuck-in-a-room rom-com that everybody assumed would get made 30 times last year and, and basically did. Um, this was a pretty good one because I, I did like the, like, Indian subversion of it all. That and just, I think, uh, Geraldine uh, Viswanathan is amazing in everything. And I also think Karen Sony is underrated, like a really good comedic actor. Yeah, I think the two of them are like absolute stars and they should be in every romantic comedy that comes out from here, like into eternity. I, I, like, I mean, romantic comedies get sold on the chemistry of the leads more often than not. And they're so good in it. And like, I do, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I don't, I'm not a big fan of these like COVID movies especially the fact that like COVID is still like going on and like it's it's a movie that is like dealing with yeah, that they kind did the of end, but they did the, the end of, of us at the other festivals and like I thought that one was like uh, I could have dealt without it yeah but then like I thought recovery was great so mm. you can you can do it right but I think you can't make it well, then fully you, about well, the thing Joe and then you could do like a movie like Language Lessons which obviously is like clearly sort of made within the COVID restriction era, but doesn't mention it at any point whatsoever in that film. Yeah. Like that's the thing you can, yeah. you can do it without doing yeah. it. And that's why that, and that's like, why I, the movie for me is so great because it, it, it does have all those restrictions of everything is done on like zoom or Skype calls, yeah. but they don't mention it at all. So it's and the device yeah. of it is fantastic. So by the way, yeah, yeah, they make it feel really. By the way, Seven Days movie. does have Mark Duplass in it. A very yeah, of course one. it does. <laughs> um, the guy, the guy's everywhere. I mean, he's probably taking all Jaiman so, Hunter's yeah. roles. You know I mean? I'm gonna. I'm actually <laughs> going to be moving my my computer. Actually, I'm going to plug in my computer. So vamp for a second about what you thought of the fest while I grab my charger, and then we're going to talk about the last three movies. Talk about why why you um, had issues with yeah, the system of it all. Well, he was the, the he was talking stuff. about basically, um, Mitch, like the no. the problems that everyone seemed to be facing online, um, and a lot of writers that I was speaking with, they sort of stopped their coverage, um, like midway through the festival because of the fact that everything just was not working. So, was your experience sort of like that as well? And like you weren't getting screeners or just you know they pulled stuff i mean what was the experience like for you for the festival 
Yeah, it was it was very much like they had all these things set up, but it had no idea how to like coordinate it properly. So you got like everybody got accreditation like a month before the festival. They just told you that you had it. And then they didn't give you any details about what that was going to look like if you needed to like get passes or like reserve screenings or anything like a day before the festival started. Basically, they tell you that like this is when everything's going to be available. But then those things were not available, like at the times that they said they were going to be available. And then, yeah, some of them. So it was like staggered what came up on the press screening portal. They, they just had a streaming portal for everything. But things would become available on certain days. But it was very hard to navigate like what was going to be available or when. So you really had to like kind of workshop it yeah. yourself to figure out like what was I... even on there. And then, yeah, I was about to say, like, I, just, I think they did it poorly, but it's understandable. Everyone's figuring it out. I think the thing was they didn't set rules. Yeah. Like, Sundance had their rules, which was the movie is starting at 3 o'clock. You have, like, two hours to watch it once you start that window. So, like, you're basically yeah. watching it the same time as everyone else. Yep. And that's, that's wildly yeah. inconvenient. But also, you basically set aside that week to be, like, at Sundance, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. So... That's one. Yeah, and it was perfect. It was perfectly designed for Sundance because then you had everybody yes, talking about is... the same movies on Twitter and everything at the it's exact just, same time. You can't do that now, Which... I think, because it's also like it's the beginning of summer. People are like starting to live their lives. It just it wouldn't yeah. work that way. Um, and then South by I think was sort of the other approach of like you have the week to watch. They were pretty like loosey goosey about like just watch it, and I think that can work, but you need to make that clear and this this one didn't make it clear so like i don't want to harp on it just because listen yeah they tried and it could have gone better but that yeah that's the thing too like i especially as somebody who is disabled who like doesn't have the money to go and like go to these festivals or anything in person and like obviously especially in the pandemic like i'm yeah. not going anywhere i really appreciate that anybody who is trying like can not doing anything if you can't show up you're fucked basically you know but the fact that they even tried is something that i appreciate and i did get to see yeah. 20 movies you know during the festival that's a lot of stuff so the fact that it was hard to kind of navigate is you know kind of exactly. champagne problems so here, a little let's bit. do the last three i know you've seen at least one of them and that is the novice. Okay, I really, really like the novice. Oh yeah. Um, I I think it was. Maybe I don't know if it sticks the landing, but I think the performance by Isabel Furman is phenomenal, and it's really, really well directed. Without being overly stylish, it's very much like a calling card first film. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I um, we've got an interview with the director up on the site that I did, and you know she she's been working in the industry for like ten years, mostly doing sound work on movies like The Hateful Eight, Pacific Rim, Whiplash, stuff like that. So she's been working with you know like the top shelf directors for the last ten years, and you can really feel that because this is her debut feature, but it doesn't feel like somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. Like she is in such control of every moment of this movie. And I, I agree with you that I don't think it necessarily sticks to the landing, which is what puts it more in like the sixth favorite of the festival for me, maybe. Like it's not 
it's not up there as the best, but it's really close. And I have no qualms with like the awards and everything that it won. It's definitely a movie that people are going to want to watch it's, when it's it comes out. It's definitely of the narratives at the festival, the one that like, if there was going to be an awards contender, it's that one. Though I, it's For sure, fringe, yeah. but like, I, I can see like Gotham and the spirits liking it. Um, yeah, especially yeah, for I Isabel. I think that's where it could be. Um, I really love Mary Mark, uh, Mark Mary and some other people. I know that was kind of like very split. I think people who liked it liked it a lot. And then there were people who just weren't into it at all. I, I, I'm a sucker for Hannah Mark's dialogue. So, you know, I think this was a very like witty, smart version of a potentially very dumb movie. And it just made me happy. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I really want to. Well, for, um, mostly for based on... Now has it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, 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 I have a screener for it that I hope still works. But again, some of these screeners have been expiring without us knowing. But it's it's so it's one of those ones that because of kind of the mixed reaction, I didn't prioritize it. But I know you are a huge fan. I, I love Ben Rosenfield. I think he's like such an interesting actor. So I'm looking forward to seeing really, it for sure. really good, I thought. And then I think by far the best film of the festival. And uh, probably aside from the Soderbergh movie, the highest profile one, not counting in the Heights, because that like that screened as yeah, it was that opening. Doesn't right. it, doesn't, it doesn't really count. That was more like, come see. It's like when, when Avengers played at, at Tribeca. That doesn't really count. <laughs> um, which would be uh, Roadrunner, a film about Anthony Bourdain. Oh my God. I have been dying to see this film. I know you guys got to see it. I mean, Bourdain loved him morgan neville i think the best documentarian working today uh so yeah i'm I, the minute i can get a, an access to a screener for it i, I want to see this one really bad mitch did you watch it no i i decided not to watch it because in the i just felt like i wasn't sure if i could handle it honestly in like the midst of like watching trying to watch like 20 movies in a week I was just like, I feel like I need like a day to like watch this, you know? And like, I mean, he's just such an interesting guy. His story, you know, is something that mm -hmm. I think really resonates. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing it, especially with the reception that it's gotten. I'm really looking yeah, forward to seeing it. Yeah, because I think it's, it. so it does a couple of really interesting things. The only thing I don't think it does very well is it, it kind of veers toward a little bit of like blame for Aja Argento, which like maybe is rightly placed, yeah. but you know it's it's not even blame it's just it's clear that the like problems in their relationship were a contributing factor yeah and they 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 what basically they allow a lot of the the people who they interview which is you know the people who produced the show and his camera people the people who were closest to him to kind of express their like frustration yeah because they're all what makes mm -hmm. it really like almost like uncomfortable to watch is a lot of these people are talking about it for the first time and saying like i'm never going to speak of this again um his ex-wife is talking about it like david chang like people who are just like i don't i didn't want to talk about this i'm i don't like but i'm gonna do it so i can like have the words out there because all of them have the same perspective of like this is like an unknowable thing but also we're mad at him yeah like you know we we love him we miss him but also fuck you for doing this like you left us um, also too soon, mm -hmm. but you also left us with like holding the bag, and like yeah, like you like so, like you know, and especially the people who worked with him were like you know we now have like the day before where we worked with you and clearly something was up, but you one you didn't tell us so fuck you for not telling because I would have helped you, 
And two, like, fuck me for not being able to realize that you needed me. And it's it's very, like, hard to watch. For a movie that, like, for a lot of it is very entertaining because it's inherently entertaining to watch him. Like, there's just something about he that was guy. The ultimate, yeah. I think, just person. Like I think guy the, you want to be friends yeah, with. Yeah, a guy you wanted to travel the world with, like easily. Yeah, and he just like, he also had this very much of a persona of just like he was very tough and and uh, and he had seen things and he had lived out the experiences, but that he was also like I, I mean one of my favorite clips ever on one of his shows was him just going to like the waffle house and just him. And, yeah. No, the waffle house one is amazing where he's like, I, cause he's like, in, how do I eat a waffle here? Like, you know what I mean? Like what should, yeah, how should I get my hash browns? Like, like it's, it's, yeah. The slow realization of like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like why and, do I, you know, and he was also one of those people that too, he would, he would criticize a lot of like the food community for the snobbishness, you know, that they sort of provide. And, um, you know, yeah, it was, he was, he was not afraid to speak his mind, and that was sort of what was great about him. Yeah, and his point was the community that travel and food brings. Yeah. It's not that, you know, you can go to the, the French Laundry and have a $500 meal. He's like, those are great, but clearly you can go to the Waffle House and feel like you're a part of something bigger. Yeah. And I think that's also what mm-hmm. made the, the connection to him so strong, is that what do most people want to do with their free time and disposable income? Eat good food and travel. Mm-hmm. And, like, the idea that this is what he got to do and that wasn't enough also makes it rough. Because I think, you know, everyone initially, and for all time, always wants to figure out suicide. Like, why did someone do it? And, and what was the problem? And and that's, I think, the only failing of the movie is where it kind of gets into, well, he was, you know, he was struggling. And when he was dating Aja Argento, like, they, they said he, know, he became a lot more like a teenager, like, investing everything into this person. And as most of us from teenage years knows, that's not how a relationship will work. Like that's a recipe for driving the other person away and creating like a, an awkward situation. And when you're a man in your fifties with a history of like drug addiction and, and, and issues, that's that's a recipe for like bigger disaster. But I don't know that they handled it that well in that sense, but it's a very, very small quibble in the sense that, like, I don't know that there's any answer. that, And, and I don't know that if you completely ignored it, you can do. But there's there's just, yeah. uh, you know, there's there's just there's two things that stick with me so much from it. Because so much of the movie is entertaining. It's like watching the evolution of how this voice came to be. Because it was never in, this was never intended, you know, for any of the, the fame to come. But they, uh, they talk about, like, one of the last conversations someone had with him, which is very, very rough. And then, like, what will probably be the hardest thing for anyone to watch in the movie, and and I, I mentioned in the review because it is almost like I feel like you should know about it going in, like a lot of a lot of things I yeah. think you don't need to know going in about a movie, you know, especially like a tearjerker type thing, like just let it come to you. But this one I feel like is so tough that it helps to know is like one of his friends talks about like their their his young child asking, you know, how did Tony die? Because he knew him, you know, he was a kid who knew him. And then he goes like, "Oh, we we don't we don't know," and the kid then asks like a couple minutes later, like, "I, I really want to know." So this guy, who I think was like a rock musician, has to tell like his seven year old like how Anthony Bourdain died, which on his own like you're you're a mess just thinking about what that conversation must have been like. But the way he wraps it up is having to explain to his son that like the difference is you'll always have someone to talk to, you know, with the implication being that like Anthony didn't have someone to talk to. And it's just like, it's this, it's incredibly mm. rough in that scene because they just lean into like, this is a person who's processing it. 
and you're watching someone process like something they'll also never get over and it's just it's it's heartbreaking but also don't forget that the movie is wildly entertaining like it's an amazing documentary yeah i'm really looking forward to seeing it it's yeah it's definitely the kind of thing that i just did i wanted to make sure that i like was in the right mindset to see it where i wasn't trying to yeah, cram no, it in it's not right? it like would in, not in the midst one i don't know movies. if you would like it as much and two i think it would ruin the next movie yeah also it's yeah. a movie like you need to sit with for a couple minutes yeah exactly um, just because there's there's so many people who are like raw in their emotions and you're not really used to that in this kind of documentary like no one was really like i love won't you be my neighbor mm-hmm. but no one is like really raw in their emotions like they've all worked it out and like they get sad all over again thinking about him but like none of it is like of the yeah. moment but this one is like everyone it's clear is like this is the first time i'm like thinking about this in the context of telling another person it's it's very much like therapy for a lot of people and it's it's like almost like you feel like am i supposed to be seeing this yeah which is a a, a amazing compliment to morgan neville he's he's just the best i think right now yeah i mean the fact that he he was able to put people in a position where they're comfortable saying that yeah is is a whole whole other thing but it's just it's I, I'll talk about it a little bit more when it comes out once we can we can go a little bit more in depth. But yeah, there's the whole like last ten or fifteen minutes of it, while never being like manipulative, is just like you're a mess because you're just like you're you're processing it the same way they are. And like we didn't know him, but yeah. you're getting those emotions put onto you in a way that's incredibly organic and like I don't know, bum me the fuck out. Yeah. I hope to see it. I hope I get a screener here in the next couple weeks. So it will uh, be on uh HBO Max. Is it going to be on HBO Max? I believe so. I'm going to double check right now. Because I saw it um, not at the festival because they did not make it available. Jerks. So How dare they? You know, every so often it is it is good to be able to be like, well, I want to see this. Can we make it happen? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. m- more often than not, I get told yes now, which is great. Yeah. Um, I think we all, I, yeah, I, there you, you know, go. It's, it's easy I once mean, you know the context to be like, yeah. And please. also, listen, it is not in anyone's interest to really say no. No. Like, as I'm not doing anything. So, yeah, okay. Tribeca, June 11th, July 16th in theaters, CNN and HBO Max have it afterwards. Hmm. So, I don't know exactly they might do when like it's going to be a, on They HBO might do Max. like a night on CNN and then upload it onto when it's available. Yeah, they're definitely going to have like a, a night on cnn yeah. they do that for their docs which i which i love yeah i mean i think oh yeah which... i think they they had won't you be my neighbor no they had two distant strangers or, or three di- the, three, um, three distant strangers, three distant sorry, strangers. they had the whole trilogy yeah, they had, yeah. and they had um <laughs> they also had um apollo uh, sound of my voice um the hell is her name why am i space rbg no um the uh, um, Rita Moreno? Not Rita Moreno, but we're so fucking close. A um, woman? Yeah, the music. Linda Ronstadt. Linda Linda Ronstadt. Like, why am I spacing on her name? Like, I was about to sing the song. And I was like, nobody wants to hear me do it. No one that. wants to hear you sing Blue Bayou. <laughs> no, I, I would I would have probably done um, When Will I Be Loved. But oh, Your dog's yeah. already barking. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Not my dog. My dog's sleeping in front of me. He's bored. <laughs> Whose dog is that? I That's know. mine. We have a dog fan. Listen, I'm into it. So, yeah. We're going to wrap up. We will talk more about that 
to come. But yeah, that was my that was my Tribeca look for my uh, my wrap up to come. And uh, here, let's uh, say where we could be followed and uh, recommend a documentary. That's how we'll go out. So uh, same order as the other stuff before. Uh, hi everybody. Uh, I'm Miles. You hi, Doctor Nick. Me. Huh? <laughs> You said you said hi everybody. So I said hi, Doctor Nick. Oh, shut up! It was funny. Anyway, uh, so I'm on Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M Y L E S on Film. Please check out my short film American Exorcist on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures. Also check out Once Upon a Dracula on YouTube under Chase Capo. Uh, documentary. I'm gonna go with uh, Lost in La Mancha. I think it's a fascinating story of Terry Gilliam attempting to put a passion project together that's honestly even more interesting now that years later the film actually got made. Yeah. Which is not an interesting film in the slightest. No, but the film about the film it could have been is way more interesting. Hell yeah. That is very true. Um, you can find me, Ryan, on Twitter at RyanMcQuaid77. And... Um, Man, there's so many good documentaries to recommend. I, I think I'll go with a more recent one. It's just one that always sticks with me. It's in the Criterion Collection. I'm gonna go with Mining the Gap. That's on Hulu. Um, just, just Hell yeah. what a devastating film, and so personal too. Like the fact that Bing Lu basically takes an introspective look at his two best friends and the world in which they live in, and how, and then also looks at his own life. Uh, with it i mean it's so personal so beautiful so devastating um you know it's one of those gems from a couple years ago that i just i keep thinking about and i know he's got a new movie coming out soon or he's co-directing a new film um at tribeca i think yeah and um i I didn't get to (laughs) hear much about it uh but uh he's a he's a he's i think someone that we'll be talking about for a long time but yeah mind in the gap Yeah, um, you can follow me on Twitter at it is Mitchell or on Letterboxd at Mitchell. Um, the documentary that I was actually planning on mentioning was All These Sons, which is the new movie from Bing Lu, the director of Mining the Gap, which is my second my second favorite movie at Tribeca. Um, it's directed by Bing and Joshua Altman, who was the editor on Minding the Gap. So the two of them are now directing this one together. It's about um these two community-based programs in, on the south and west side of Chicago who are trying to, within the community, find solutions mm. to gun violence in the city. And it's it's really beautiful. It is them taking that same kind of approach from Minding the Gap of having this kind of verite, like empathetic approach to following certain people within the community in order to analyze kind of the more macro level like issues that are plaguing this you know society at large and it's it's really effective i um i got to interview the two of them for letterbox if you you know want to check that out on letterbox news um and they're just they're such great guys and their approach is so beautiful and i think that it's you know my name the gap i think is one of the best movies that's come yeah. out the last several decades um but it's it's a very worthy follow-up i'm not sure when it i don't think it has a release plan right now for like public release but Whenever it does, it is definitely worth checking out. And I think Shane yeah. reviewed yeah. it for Awards Radar, so you yeah. can check out his and, review. And uh, apologies to Steve, who was hoping this would be a short one, but have your uh, have your documentary recommendation and then get to editing, my friend.
You can follow me on Letterboxd and Twitter at Filmsnork. Uh, my recommendation is the documentary Amy uh, about Amy Winehouse. It's a uh, really interesting look at the talented and, and troubled uh, life of, of this artist and um, made me appreciate her music and made me look at uh, addiction a little bit differently. Yeah. Mm. So, Steve, I'm telling you this live on the air for your reaction. We're going to do for charity a 24-hour podcast. <laughs> Fantastic. I'll, I'll sleep for about three hours of it. And <laughs> no, no, no. We have to rest. be on the entire time. Starting you got to stay now. up the whole time no. get some coffee. I'll be editing yeah. live. We'll do it live. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, my God. I would love yeah. that. Um, you, could tag it. you could tag in Miles periodically. Miles is like, uh, I'm, not, I'm not doing any of that. He's like, what did I sign up contract. for? I, I didn't sign up for shit. <laughs> Listen, only like four hours of it will be sugar and spicy. Oh, Jesus. Oh, great. It'll well, be... that's okay. Then. Lot... Wait, wait, wait. Get the... out of here. My dinner with spicy. The Zack Snyder cut. <laughs> yeah. The spicy uh, no. cut. Uh, yeah, with Wallace Shawn. Uh, you can follow me at uh, Joey Magazine, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, uh, all that stuff. Awards Radar on several of those things. Um, I'm going to go with American Movie. Oh, that's a good oh, one. Fantastic. Love American movie. I love it too. There is there is nothing like watching those two ding dingbats try to make a movie. It's all right. It's okay. There's something to live for. Jesus told me so. I finally nailed my line. Coven. Pretty sure it's pronounced Coven. Yeah, but that sounds like oven. Such a great movie. Fantastic. Might be my favorite documentary. Yeah, no, listen, documentaries are amazing. More on those to come. For now, we're going to let uh, Steve get to work and hopefully keep some of his sanity. And we'll be back Too late. next week. And uh, hopefully my uh, overpriced new uh, podcasting microphone made the sound a little better. And if it didn't, nobody tell me because I will rage at the waste of money. Yeah, until, then, right. until then, uh, Ryan's about to be shot. <laughs> but you can follow us all at Awards Radar. Stay tuned for more and uh, keep safe, everyone. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.